Hey, good morning, everybody. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Good. Some people are doing good. All right, good. Hey, well, good morning. Welcome to Watershed. We're so glad to see you this morning. Hopefully, you made it in before any of the rain started. I got a notification on my phone that said rain coming in 10 minutes, and I was glad I was indoors. Hey, we're going to stand together and greet the people around us. If you need a question to ask them, ask them what cool thing they did for Labor Day weekend besides come to our really awesome outdoor service last week. What'd you do? What'd you do for Labor Day? I was on a pontoon boat. Ready, go. Good morning. I'm going to invite you all to stay standing as we sing and worship these next few songs.
And every time we sing that song, I'm, I'm thinking about Ephesians 2. I want to share it with us this morning. It says this, uh, this passage right here, Ephesians 2, verses 4 through 6. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Uh, I just I'm get so encouraged when I hear that, right? That once we were dead and now we're alive because of what Jesus has done for us. That's our story. And so when we come and we worship, we get to celebrate knowing that we've been given life. And we've been given life to the full. So we just invite you to sing with us as we go into our, our next song. Yeah. 
Pray with me a moment. God, worthy is your name. You're holy. You're good. And we honor you this morning. Help us to see you clearly as we continue in worship of you. Lord, we praise you. We honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Normally at this time, uh, here at Watershed, we are releasing the children to go to children in ministry. But as we go through the story, we've got a video each and every week uh, to kind of cover the scripture sections uh, that we're talking about. And so we're going to watch this video together, adults, I mean big kid if you're a big kid, uh, little kids, and uh, hopefully we'll enjoy it together. That'll, that'll be a way that each week, whether you've read the scriptures for this week or not, which I encourage you, we do actually have some copies out there for five bucks. It's just a collection of scriptures, okay? So we're not like promoting some random book of something other than the Bible. No, it's actually filled with all Bible passages. Um, or if you find online um, on our Heart Alike resource page where you can grab scripture passages. Maybe you read those before you come on Sunday. Great. If you don't, though, let this video, uh, these videos each week, help catch you up on the section of the scripture, the Bible, that we're going to be reading. So we're going to watch this together, and then I'll invite the kiddos to come over and pray. So if you will, uh, join me in watching the video. was a dark, empty blob. God spoke and created the entire world. Light, sky, fish, birds, and animals. Then God said, let us make human beings in our own image and created man out of dirt. And then man became a human being named Adam. After six days of work, God took a rest. God then put Adam in a garden where there were two trees tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God told Adam, eat from any tree except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat from it, you will die. Eventually, God caused the man to fall asleep, took out one of his ribs, and created a woman who Adam named Eve. God joined Adam and Eve together in marriage. Later, a serpent came and convinced Adam knowledge of good and evil, saying they would become like God if they did. Eve took a bite, and then so did Adam. Because of this choice, God cursed the serpent as well as Adam and Eve and forced them out of the garden, away from the tree of life. Outside the garden, Adam and Eve had two sons, Cain and Abel. Cain was a farmer, and Abel was a shepherd. When they made sacrifices, God accepted Abel's sacrifices of animals but not Cain's sacrifice of fries. This made Cain so angry that he murdered Abel. People began to populate the entire earth, and wickedness and tragedy continued to spread. God was sad and regretted ever making human beings and decided to wipe them from the face of the earth. God found one man, Noah, who walked faithfully. So God instructed Noah to build a giant boat, called an ark, and to take his entire family 
along with a male and female of every kind of animal onto the boat. For 40 days it rained and the entire earth was flooded, wiping out every living thing, plants, animals, and humans, all of it destroyed. Eventually, the flood stopped and the ark came to rest on dry land. Noah and his family came out of the ark and God made a promise that the entire earth would never again be completely flooded. God put a rainbow in the sky as a reminder of this promise, and God looked for someone who God could use to bless the entire world. All right, children through fifth grade, if you want to come on over and we'll... Have a seat. And we're going to pray for you guys and pray for us as you hear the scriptures and a little bit more about this story and as we hear about this story a little bit more. You like the video? Kind of fun. How about Cain and Abel? Abel went, he got launched, didn't he? <laughs> All right, let's, let's pray together, okay? God, thank you again for your love for us, and thank you for giving us your Bible, your story, to teach us of your goodness, your life, as well as uh, the life that's gifted to us. Help my friends here, help us in this room as well, Lord, as we dive into the Bible, into your word, to learn more about your goodness, your love, and your mercy uh, that's given to us each and every day. Lord, uh, take care of them, take care of us by your spirit. We pray this in your name, Jesus. And everyone said, amen. All right. See you guys. So in just a matter of a couple minutes, we covered the first 11-ish chapters of the Bible. There you go. Sometimes um, I, I had the opportunity when I was at Maplewood pastoring uh, to go through this series. Uh, and it was neat how some simple videos like this art capture our attention, right? And, and highlight certain things. There's so much to cover when it comes to the Bible. And that's why, again, I encourage you, um, whether it's reading you know, from the story itself or whether it's getting the passages, read these passages. Dive in. I can only cover so much on a Sunday morning, right? I mean, I could keep us here until uh, NFL games start at 1 o'clock, but I know you don't want me to do that. Um, but, uh, and, and I know in just a minute, I'll, I'll, I'll let you in on what I'm doing partly today. However, you know, uh, it's, it's when we dive into the word ourselves, right, uh, where there's a lot of power, there's a lot of life. We don't always understand all of the scriptures, and that's why really this whole series throughout this school year is important, because it's not just about, okay, let's learn facts about the Bible. It's about trying to see God's one story that unites these thousands of other stories, God's one purpose, God's one saving act. God's grand narrative, creating the world, rescuing the world, and then finally one day renewing it all. And if we forget to see that as we look at Bible stories, anything we read just becomes information. 
just becomes simple moral teachings or, or just becomes a great idea that maybe we'll follow, maybe we won't, when we decide to or when we don't. Right, today, the point that we're going to be talking about is the story that we're in is God's. It's sin that we oftentimes, that distorts it and makes it about us, that makes it about me, myself, and I. As we get thinking about that, so I said, I'm going to let you in on what I'm doing. I got a picture of Broadway up there. I love, how many of you love stories, love, love musicals, theater? Um, how many love movies? Movies? Yes, yes. All right. So what am I going to do today? Because I can't watch the bears at one o'clock because the lions are on. Thank you very much, Fox. Yeah, enjoy it, fans. Instead, I'm watching Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, buddy. I have yet to see what happens with Little Rooster. Right? What? What? Penny Benjamin's in it? She was only a brief mention in Top Gun in 1986. And what happens to Iceman? I gotta know, <laughs> right? A great story captures our attention, captures our hearts, our minds. But there's something that we don't see in the stories often, right? It's the author, it's the directors, it's the people behind the scenes. As I think about Top Gun Maverick, I just wrote down some of the folks that are involved in, in writing it, making sure the screenplay happens, the story happens. People like Christopher McQuarrie, Eric Warren, Aaron Kruger. Right? They developed the screenplay. People like Justin Marks, Peter Craig, Jack Epps, Jim Cash based, created characters. Joseph Krasinski directs this story. Right? It's not all about Tom Cruise. Aww. Right? <laughs> but these people have developed a story behind the scenes are moving us through a plot, right? Getting us tied in, brought in as the, as the story begins and then building to a climax so that hopefully somewhere there would be a resolve to that climax and hopefully, like any good movie, ends with its fairy tale ending, right? And we're happy. But when you stay within the story, the director, the author, the writer has, right, the, the people in the story know what to do, where to go. I mean, what would happen if Tom Cruise really did pull his maverick routine in real life and just decided, no, I'm just going to make the movie about me? I mean, yeah, it is kind of about him, but really, no, no, sorry, you guys direct it all you want, I'm doing what I want, right? The movie's going to go off the rails. He's meant to play a part. Much the same way as we look at the story of life. God is the author of life. We hear that right away in the beginning of the Bible. In the beginning, right? At the very beginning, when it all started, in the beginning, God. Not in the beginning you, not in the beginning me, not in the beginning anything else, but in the beginning, God. The story of life, our story, is a story that is God's. And what we'll see today is when we miss that, when we lose that the author and the director of life has a purpose and a reason, the story goes off the rails. Well, let's continue on in Genesis 1. And, and I want you just to envision again creation coming alive. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the face of the deep. 
and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it, and it was so. God called the vault sky, and there was evening and there was morning the second day. And God said, are you picking up a theme, right? In the beginning, God, and God said, and God made, and God created, right? And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place. Let the dry ground appear, and it was so. God called the dry ground land and gathered the waters. The waters he gathered, he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants, and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Right? Another theme starts to come out, and God saw what? That it was good. And there was evening, there was morning the third day. God said, let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night. Let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years. And let, them be light, let there be lights in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set them in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night, to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, let the water teem with living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the vault of the skies. So God created the great creatures of the sea, every living thing with which the water teems and that moves about in it according to their kind, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful, increase in number, fill the water and the seas. Let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, Let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds. The livestock the creatures that move along the ground, the wild animals, each according to their kind. And it was so. God made wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make mankind. Let us make humanity in our image in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image, in the image of God. He created them, male and female, he created them. God blessed them, said to them, be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth, subdue it, rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth, and every tree that has fruit and seed in it. They will be yours for food, 
And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds of the sky and all creatures that move along the ground, everything that has breath, the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made. And it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Thus, the heavens and the earth were completed and all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he, re he rested from all of his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because he rested from all the work of creating he had done. Brothers, sisters, this is the beginning of our story. This is the beginning of the story of life. Of creation. Of life as we know it. As we look at this story this morning, as we look at the scriptures, as we look at even this section of scriptures, I'm going to talk about, and throughout this whole series, I'm going to talk about an upper story. Right? What's God doing behind the scenes? What's, what's God working in, in this story, this lower story of life? What's his purposes? Where is he going? What is he doing? And we're going to try and lean into the one who has directed and authored life. And then we're also going to look at the lower story, our lives, and what do we encounter, what do we see? So as we do that this morning, let's look at the upper story already. The upper story, the first thing that I want us to pay attention to is this. The story we're in is God's. I've already mentioned that. I don't need to say more. Right? All throughout those 30 plus verses, yes, I read a lot of scripture. <laughs> but through this beautiful story of creation, it was God. Our very origination is God. You and I were created in his image. It's God who breathes life into us. It's God who animates the life all around us. In fact, it's God who creates all things. Not an accident. Not a surprise. Not a bang or a boom. But it's God who creates. In the upper story of God, it's not only God who creates, but it's God who orders life, right? We see him building the structure of life in the first couple days, and in the next couple of days, what does he do? He moves bits and pieces and starts to fill that with life. And not only fill it with life, but make it so that life continues to move and maneuver through what will be, right? This is God's story. That's what's going on. And when we look at the lower story, our story, we see what? That creation is good. And that's also some of the upper story, isn't it? Right? God says it's good. In fact, when he's done creating everything, when he sees it all together, he says it's very good. Like it's everything he had intended. Right? The movie had come to its perfect place, right? The novel, when that final period is put in place, is this, this, this magnum opus, right? God says it's good. And we look around, there's harmony in that creation. And we're created in God's image, right? As we look around, as Adam and Eve, Eve looked around, we weren't an accident. We didn't evolve from something else, something less. We were created different than the creatures of the world. 
meant to work alongside with God. We had a unique role in the world. To govern, as it says govern, it means to steward, to take care of, to partner with God in the care of this creation that he placed us in. And I already mentioned this, but there's harmony. Right? There's a harmony in going on in the world. There's even a harmony between God's upper story and the lower story, isn't there? Every se- everything seems pretty good. If we continue through Genesis 2, the story is that. Good. But as we saw in the overview, the scripture overview video, as we know too, if you've read the Bible, Genesis 3 then lets us into another part of this story. And that's this. The world becomes fractured. Sin and evil enter in. In Genesis 3, verses 4 to 5, we hear this. You will not certainly die. Sin, he, the, the serpent comes, the devil comes in the form of a certain and he's tempting now Adam and Eve. And his temptation, he, he goes, you know, I know God told you you're going to die, but you're not going to certainly die. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened. And you're going to be like God knowing good and evil. What you have is not enough. Being with God, oh no, you need to be like him. Which, by the way, was even what shall we say, a false testimony? Because they were already created in his image. They were already given, you know, we were already gifted with characteristics of God built into us. What more would we want? But the devil tempts. He goes, but there's something else. Let's, let's, let's keep you reaching for something else. Adam and Eve do what? We know the story then, they sin. Things become fractured. They get kicked out of the garden for their sin. And within moments, even of getting kicked out, they have two sons, Cain, Abel. And God even comes to Cain when, he, when Cain is sulking because his, his, his sacrifice wasn't good enough. We don't know why. We just know it wasn't. It wasn't acceptable for God. For, for God. And God says, hey, be careful. Careful, Cain, sin's sin's lurking at the door. It wants to have you. Does Cain listen? No. Murders his brother. And within chapters, now we get to Genesis 6. And I want you to hear this in verses 5 to 7. Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on earth. Within 10 generations, from Genesis 1 to 6, how great the wickedness of the human race become on the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. Right? That's how bad sin got. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth, and his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I've created. With them the animals and the birds and the creatures that move along the ground. For I I regret that I have made them. Sin had fractured this good world. So I think about that. What's the upper story going on? Well, the reality is this. God has always wanted a relationship and still wants a relationship with humanity. While sin had entered the world, it didn't stop God from wanting a relationship with us and with his creation. Never stopped. 
Next thing is that God never stopped wanting us to depend and trust in him. For him to be our supply. To be good enough for us. To trust the author and director of the play. That he knows what's best. That the creator of life knows what actually brings us life. Right? He never stopped with boundaries. He gave us boundaries to begin with. Hey, here's a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat of it. But here's the tree of life. You can eat of that. The boundaries were there. He was never going to treat us like a puppet on the string. He doesn't do that with his creation. Some people get caught up in the debate of free will and predestination, and you say, yep, in the Bible, there's, there are those, both of those things. Ha <laughs> ha, figure that one out. What? <laughs> well, yeah. God gives us the ability to make choices. God never designed us as robots. He created us in him, his image. We know the devil was a fallen angel, so he even created his angels with the ability to make choices. But that doesn't mean he doesn't give us boundaries. doesn't mean that he doesn't also tell us where to go. And it doesn't mean now that sin enters in that he won't punish sin and evil. Yeah, he casts Adam and Eve out of the garden. He regrets the wickedness on the earth. It's all about the earth. He's got to flood the earth. He wants to wipe it clean because evil doesn't belong in a good creation. When, the, when that which is ordered becomes disordered, God's heart and God's desire is to put it back in place to where it's good. And who do you think knows what's good? Well, the one who created it. But here's the thing, when sin enters in, the upper and the lower stories are no longer in harmony. Right? So often in our lives, we want more. That was part of that temptation to Adam and Eve. Just a little bit more. Don't you want to be God? Right? We don't want dependence. We want independence. Right? I want to control my life. I want to be responsible for my decisions. And nobody else can tell me what to do. How about this? Sometimes in this lower story, we have a hard time with limits and listening. Amen? How many of you like to push the limits? I know today Maverick's going to push some limits. Right? I don't know. Don't, please do not give me spoilers. <laughs> this is going to be a sad day. <laughs> we don't like to listen all the time. We don't believe that someone else might actually know what's best for us. That's because we think we're in the place of God. Right? Good has become fractured. The ordered has become disordered. Now with this, though, the truth, the reality of our story and of God's story is this. That the story is still God's. And he isn't going to let sin win. And I think that's important for us today to remember. Because no matter what, the sin story has affected our lives. And infected our lives. Amen? Parts, bits, pieces, sometimes the whole of our lives have been fractured, have been disordered. All of us, I dare say, have some regrets. Have some I wish I would have. 
or I should have. Right? That's the effect of sin. That's why God said, hey, Adam and Eve, don't eat from the tree of the, of knowledge, the knowledge of good and evil. Because when you do, it's like opening Pandora's box. Once it's open, you can't put it back in. And sin is here and now part of the story. However, what we need to remember, and the good news for us is that it's still God's story. Even though sin entered in, even though sin has affected and infected our lives, even though there has been brokenness, there has been mistakes, there have been missteps in your life and in mine, even though the story is still God's. And I don't know about you, that's actually good news for me. Because if the story is still his, and his story is he's going to win, and life is going to win, that means his goal for our lives is that his life is going to win for us and in us. The question is, will we believe that? Will we trust that? Will we put ourselves back into the author? The director's story. Right? Because here's some of God's promise. Already in Genesis 3. He curses the serpent. He says this, The Lord said to the serpent, Because you've done this, cursed are you above all livestock, all the wild animals. You'll crawl on your belly. You'll eat the dust all the days of your life. And I'll put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. And this son, Right? We know this today, it comes throughout the rest of Scripture. He will crush your head, he will strike your feet. While there's discipline for what has been wrong, while evil needs to be punished, God is saying there's going to be one who comes. Now they didn't know that then. We know it because we get to look back upon it. But God said, I'm going to crush evil. It will not always have its day. I will close Pandora's box once again. I will put it all to right. We start to see shades of it even in chapter 6. As much as all of a sudden we hear God regretting that he made humanity, there's this shining brief moment where Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. There was one man in a family. Verse 22, Noah did everything just as God had commanded him. That there was one man who would walk in the ways of Jesus. Now, if we read the rest of that story, everything goes well until Noah gets off the boat with his family and then gets drunk and does something else. We can't quite, you know, scholars try to figure out what it was, but he just made a really boneheaded mistake. Why? Because he's human. How many of us make boneheaded mistakes? Amen? Right? We're still human. It's still part of our story. But see, it wasn't Noah who was meant to save the world. God had a different plan in mind. We read in Romans 5, Paul says this, For if by the trespass of one man, Adam, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace, right, his abundant, unearned love, unearned favor, right, that provision of grace and of the gift of rightness, righteousness, how much more will that reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. God will not let his story go. And because we're part of that story, God will not let you go and will not let me go. 
And God has a solution for the brokenness and the fractures, for the regrets and the mistakes. He is going to make things right. Will we believe it? Will we let his story, right? What story today is going to define and give shape to your story, to ours? Will we remain in our story, shaping things the way we want, molding them how we choose? Or will we join into God's story? Will we let our story be be defined by the scriptures, God's story? Will we let our lives be defined by the second Adam, not by the first? Because the second Adam has come to give us life, to rescue us, to give us a new identity. We are children of God. We sang it this morning. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. That's a fact because of what Jesus has done. Why? Because God created the world good, created you good, created me good, created everything very good, and he will not let brokenness win. So at the very beginning of the story, we see God saying, this is mine. The question for us is, will we let him have the reins? Will we trust that he's worthy, worthy? That he's holy, holy? Will we trust him to be God? Will we lean into him? Because if we do, he can make things right. And that's good news for us today. Amen? Let's pray. God, thank you for creating this world, for creating it good, for designing and ordering and filling. God, thank you for, Lord, when sin came into the world, you didn't just let it go. You didn't just kind of wash your hands of it. You stayed in relationship, whether it was creating garments for Adam and Eve, even though, yes, they could not eat of the tree of life anymore. Lord, you couldn't let evil stay for stay eternal. But Lord, when you sent them away, you didn't send them on their own. You created garments. That you'd show up to Cain in his anger and his frustration. And you'd caution him against the decisions that he was about to make. He didn't listen. But that didn't mean you weren't there. Lord, as the world got out of hand, you still rescued a family. You still decided to say, I'm not going to completely wipe it out. And in fact, after that, you said, I'm not going to go this far ever again. And ultimately, God, thank you for doing what we just could never do ourselves. That's closing Pandora's box in Christ being the true and perfect Adam the true and perfect human so that we could again be very good in your eyes Lord forgive us for the things in our lives that aren't good forgive us for the moments where we have decided to to follow temptations to follow our own ways to be independent instead of to depend Lord, forgive us for when we perpetuated the disorder, the fracturing. 
God, and as we pray that, we can pray it because we know you do forgive. We know we stand in your finished work. So help us to have peace with you. Help us to find peace with one another. Help your story, Lord, define not only our lives, but our lives together. God, as a church, as a watershed community, as a heart awake community, help us to be defined by your story, your goodness, your grace, not by the brokenness, the sin. Jesus, as we think about that this day, think about the Meyer family in our, in our own community. Lord, as they prepare to lay Hannes to rest tomorrow and celebrate his life, Lord, we grieve that death is part of the lower story, earth's story. We grieve that we have to walk through these moments of pain. And yet, Lord, you're, you still win. You don't let death win. We have hope. And I pray that tomorrow will be an opportunity to celebrate your hope that he has been rescued from death into life. God, in that hope, not only blesses their family, but today blesses us as well. So Lord, work. Take care of them as we pray to you. And Father, as we go about our separate ways too today, as we go home, as we go to begin our work week. Lord, help us to have, again, the wisdom to know. The reminder that you're with us. You're never leaving us. Father, and you're always working for life. So may we join you in that journey. God, by the grace of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. We have an opportunity today to respond to God's story, to, to say yes to his story, to say yes to trust in him, to say yes to relationship with him. So we invite you this morning just to stand with us as we sing this out, we make this declaration, God, that we seek you, we lean into you, we trust you, we respond to you. So let's sing.
That's what Jesus did. He made it possible for us to live in God's story again. That's the beauty. In Christ, you're very good. Doesn't mean we always do good, but you're very good. Redeemed, rescued, saved, loved. But you got to believe it. I can't do that for you. Nobody else can make that decision for you. Will you trust it? Will you depend? Amen? I want to remind you, um, 1230 over in the great room, uh, there's a fundraiser for Mika's lunch. So if you want to have some really good, I think, pulled pork. Right, Don? Well, yeah, it's kind of in the 12, 1230. They're wrapping up at Fusion. So, <laughs> so make your way over uh, if you're interested in that. Um, and then as well, we're going to be having our potluck next week. So receive this blessing of our God as we go from here. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance, his smile upon you, and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all God's children said, amen. Go in peace. Feel free to hang out a little bit if you'd like. If you don't mind stacking a few chairs, we'd appreciate it.